Sofia Vergara's breakup at the age of 41 went far beyond what we've seen for almost any celebrity. You see, Sofia's ex wanted to have her children, and as the ensuing years would prove, he'd stop at nothing to do it. Welcome to Scandal from Shameless Podcast, the stories of the biggest celebrity controversies revisited. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. We are back for episode two, part two of two. We've covered a lot already. We've still got a bit to go. Yeah. Guys, obviously go back and listen to episode one, but a brief refresher in case you've forgotten the details. We talked about how Sofia Vergara grew up in Colombia. She became a mother at the age of 19. She was married when she became a mum too, but that first marriage only lasted a couple of years. Around that time in her life, she was in dental school, but also kind of juggling modeling gigs, TV presenting, a bit of acting as well. Yeah, there was a lot going on. She was juggling a bunch. Now, Sophia's family life in Colombia was a pretty traumatic one. One of her brothers was murdered in an attempted kidnapping when she was about 28. And the other really struggled with grief and eventually descended into a life of drug use and crime. It was after that attempted murder that her and her family moved to the US. Now, she also around this time also got diagnosed with thyroid cancer, Mish, for which she received radiation and did make a full recovery. Yeah, at the age of 37, she landed the role of Gloria in Modern Family, which was and is the biggest gig of her life. It became one of the most popular TV shows of our lifetime. Over season one, it averaged almost 10 million viewers per episode. Yeah, I was reading a piece recently where The Daily Beast called the pilot of Modern Family the best pilot of the last 15 years. Yeah. Like it just just blew people out of the water and the hype around this show from the get-go was just massive. Now, around this time in her life, she met a guy named Nick Loeb. He was a guy that would go on to become her fiancé and then wind up in tabloid headlines about potential cheating rumours that were never confirmed. Now, by May 2014, they had announced their split and she had met somebody else, Mish. Yeah, that same month, she actually met her now husband, Joe Mangianello, only Nick Loeb was not done with Sofia Vergara. Despite the fact that they had split, he had an axe to grind over embryos they created together while engaged. And his pursuit over those embryos was about to make her life hell. We are rewinding back to May 2015. By this point, it's been public knowledge that these two are no longer together for a year. And yet Nick is still going. Alrighty, Mish. So Sophia decided to respond to Nick's New York Times piece, the one we spoke about at the end of last week's episode, through an interview with Howard Stern on May 4, 2015. Now, in this interview, she's pretty real and open and calm. And when Howard asked her how she was going through all of this, and that's a direct quote, she replied, I'm not going through anything, he is going through it. Mm. She explained that she didn't think Nick should be able to bring the embryos to term because a child, and I quote, needs a loving relationship of parents that get along, that don't hate each other. She also noted that she hadn't read the New York Times piece and believed that if Nick felt so strongly about the issue, he would have surveyed the paperwork that they both signed more thoroughly at the time. She makes a good point. Yeah, here's a clip of what she said. Fortunately and unfortunately, there is law. You wrote, you signed papers, legal papers. And if it was so serious for him, this issue, which I totally respect if it's serious for someone, 
then you should have taken it more serious at the so time, there was like I did. Already a contract. Of, that there says, is a contract. Uh, you can't do anything. We wrote what we wanted at the time, and it's not like a contract that they give you right there the moment that they're gonna take my eggs out. No, right. they give you this in advance. You see it, you review it, and not only that, we did it two times. I know. Right. So I mean, you make the mistake the first time, but then a year later, when you're gonna get another egg retrieval or another fertilization. You say, wait a minute, this time I want to do it a different this way, way yeah. you know. But two times and suddenly now you want to change your mind. In this interview, Sophia's main argument was essentially that Nick was hoping to breach the contract they had entered when their embryos were first frozen, which stated that neither parent, as we said in episode one, could bring the embryos to term without the explicit permission of both of them which, as we said, seems reasonable. I mean, yeah, didn't stop him fighting to do so anyway. It's worth unpacking, Mish, at this point in the story, what the commentary was around this and how Mm. people were reporting it. Now, after interviewing Nick Loeb on their morning program today, ABC News actually sought the expert opinion of a medical ethicist called Arthur Kaplan. Now, Arthur's viewpoint was that even though Nick believed a life equal to URI had already been created, the courts would not see it that way. He said, the law does not see the embryos as two citizens equal to the rest of us. Meanwhile, in an article titled Feminists Hit Back at Creepy Embryo Plea by Sofia Vergara's ex-fiance, writer Amanda Holpock wrote for The Guardian, Nick's argument in the New York Times piece seemed to be driven by a right-to-life belief. This roused criticism from those who believe his argument constituted an attempt to force a woman to acquiesce in reproductive decisions against her will. The feminist website Jezebel wrote that Loeb is, and I quote, petty as hell and obsessed with Vergara's embryos to a degree that is legitimately terrifying. I want to ask you, do you think the New York Times had a right or should have published a piece like this from Nick Loeb in their opinion section? I mean, I don't think I believe that they shouldn't have published it. I do think it's always helpful when you're publishing such vengeful pieces like this, and I do believe it's vengeful and I do believe it's misogynistic, to counter it in the same story either with a medical ethicist like Mm. Today did or the other side of the coin, like to really balance it out. Because I think there is huge implications for opinions like this going out into the world. I mean, think about this. This is before Roe versus Wade Mm. was overturned. But conversations like about the right to life and abortion and what was going to happen with Roe versus Wade had been going on for a while. Yeah, interesting. I don't think I have an issue so much with them publishing a right to life piece, even though I disagree with it. I think it can be a slippery slope to start saying that newspapers have to only publish opinions that we personally agree with. My concern and why I don't think that piece should have been published is because it was about one woman's embryos. Yeah. I would have been fine with this piece from Nick Loeb if the New York Times had made the decision to not actually publish Sophia Vergara's name or change her identifying details. But they were never going to do that because the whole reason the New York Times did this was because it was about a celebrity and they knew they'd get clicks. Yeah, I think the other kind of element to this is for the people that didn't agree with Nick, it did sort of outline exactly why I don't agree with him. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It Mm. didn't sell anything to me. Mm. I mean, he was trying to sell it to the world and I wonder if anything, it actually did him a disservice writing this rather than a service. I mean, who knows? But it is a really complicated decision from them and I think just how 
I guess, personal the whole thing felt also leaves an icky taste in a lot of people's mouths and did at the time. Now, the New York Times itself had to publish a response to the negative feedback it received in light of publishing this story. It read, The New York Times' opinion editors decided to publish the piece because of the interesting ethical and legal questions it raises, ones that are, and I quote, hardly isolated to this case. They wouldn't have put Sofia Vergara's literal name in the headline. If they believed that. I'm sorry. It was for clicks. I know. Writing for The Guardian in an opinion piece titled What Does Nick Loeb's Embryo Revelation Achieve Except to Shame Sophia Vergara? Eleanor Robertson wrote, Nick Loeb is the only person who knows for what reason this stunning public exposure has been mounted. But by downplaying the facts and glossing over his own ethical inconsistencies, he's made himself look more like a jilted boyfriend trying to punish Vergara than a father heartsick over his unborn children. That's a way more articulate yes. point of what I was trying to say before. I agree. I think that is bang on. Now, what was tricky for Sofia Vergara around this time is that she was actually actively in press, in PR, for a movie called Hot Pursuit that she had starred in alongside Reese Witherspoon. So as all of this was going on, she had contractually agreed to go on all these morning programs. And what are these programs going to obviously do, Ask Sofia Vergara? about the story that's dominating headlines. I think it's also important to note here, she was getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame that week too. So Mm. Nick's timing was interesting and it likely made it very, very hard for Sofia Vergara because it's one of those classic scenarios where it feels very much like, you know, the most convenient time to drag someone down is when everybody's talking about them and things are going beautifully. And they contractually have to have their head. You can't dig your head into the sand if you're Sofia Vergara in May 2015. Your head has to be up and around because you have signed a contract that says you're going to be up and around. Exactly. Now, one of those up and around appearances, I guess, (laughs) was on May 7, 2015, when she went on Good Morning America. She said in this interview, I promote all my movies, all my work, but I don't like promoting my private life. And I don't want to allow this person to take advantage of my career to try Mm. and promote himself. She noted during this interview that it would be the last time she'd address the case publicly. Yeah, she said, I don't understand why the media is allowing a person to just try and push me down and try to make it like something ugly is happening when nothing is happening. Why is the press allowing someone to invent things and create press for himself? He's not an actor. He's not a celebrity. It's like, why? She is so bang on. And I think it would be really awkward to sit there as the Good Morning America journalists and hear a line like that because they're the exact ones doing what she's complaining about. Yeah. And I think her quotes are so salient at this time, like even with Howard Stern, where she's like, I'm not going through this, he is. Mm. Like there's no drama here apart from the fact he's actively pursuing it. I'm not doing anything. I'm happy. I'm living my life. I'm doing my work. I'm abiding by the contract we both signed. Like I haven't done anything wrong and he (sighs) is trying to ruin my life. I will ride or die for Sofia Vergara until I die. (laughs) Oh my God. Now the legal battle over the frozen embryos was ongoing through the latter half of 2015, but there is a happier event that we have to cover before we continue talking about that. And that of course, Mish, was Sofia and Joe's wedding, which occurred in November 2015. Yeah. Sofia and Joe married in front of 400 guests in Florida. The celebrations reportedly lasted three days. The festivities included a 
full weekend, including a pool party, a rehearsal dinner, and a pre-wedding bash that saw Mangianello serenade Sophia with Sweet Child O' Mine. At the Sunday ceremony, Sophia Vergara wore a custom couture gown as she walked down the aisle. Yeah, so that's a nice little reprieve from all the ugly stuff, but now we've got to get back into the ugly stuff. I'm actually really glad that she had what appears to be a really supportive partner throughout yeah, this time completely but then as i've said that i've realized that perhaps none of this would have happened if she didn't have a supportive partner because i think a lot of this happened when nick Loeb felt replaced and threatened by sophia's new husband yeah well i think if you look at anecdotally the world around you i don't think it's a stretch to say that insecure men mm. do get angrier when they feel like their ex has moved on and looks like they're having a fine, happy, stable time with a new partner. Mm. Like, I think if we're using that as our evidence, it's a pretty strong argument. Mm. That said, we don't know what his motivations were. Now, the lawsuit that Nick did file in April 2015 continued well into 2016, and it was really ugly. Sophia's lawyers requested the identities of two women who had abortions after getting pregnant by Nick 20 years earlier so that they could be questioned. As per the Daily News, Nick Loeb, who was fighting to have the embryos implanted in a surrogate over Vergara's objections, told the Daily News on Tuesday that he is stunned that Californian courts want him to hand over the names of two former girlfriends who terminated pregnancies with him. Vergara's lawyer, meanwhile, claims her side has every right to question the women about Loeb's knowledge of the abortions because of his stated belief that life begins at conception is central to his complaint. Mm incredibly messy really complicated because i can understand why sophia vergara and her legal team are trying to pursue this if she truly believes that nick loeb's approach to a right to life or a right to live isn't quite what he's putting out publicly i can understand why she'd want to expose that but then also exposing two other women for their terminations is so loaded it's very loaded now sophia's lawyer argued with that in mind that the women's names would be protected so their privacy was not at all at risk but even still it, it, it's there's still a real messiness there her lawyer told the daily news oddly Loeb wants us to believe that he supports a woman's right to privacy and to make a choice concerning reproduction however he seems to believe that his celebrity ex-fiance Sophia Vergara does not have those same rights for his part Nick Loeb maintained that naming the women who had had abortions was wrong and noted that the lawyers contacting them in any way could out them to their families his quote went could you imagine if you had moved on with your life gotten married and had children and kept this a secret from your your family then all of a sudden 15 years later you were made to reveal your abortion to the world maybe your parents never knew maybe your husband never knew nor your children for the california court to make these women wear a scarlet letter in today's world is shocking curious for your thoughts on that i i get what he's getting at but i do think maybe there's some loaded language in that quote as well completely agree with you and also as we've said from the top of this conversation it's messy and it's not nice he is the one that started this you know mm. like if you're really going to get into the weeds of women's reproductive health i kind of think like what do you honestly expect in a legal battle around this you started the legal battle yeah like how else is this going to go and i don't yeah. want to be like this was a complete inevitability because truthfully i'm not a lawyer and i don't know how many other arguments and avenues sophia vergara's lawyers could have had if they didn't try to use this one yeah but 
for me, I just feel like it's a lot of faux outrage from Nick Loeb. Yeah, well, something also just seems flimsy. Like, what do you believe? Do you believe that the women who you were with did have a right to get those abortions? Your New York Times piece implied that you don't think that. So, like, who are you and where do you actually stand on any of this? I think that goes back to some of the commentary we were talking about before, which was his own ethical inconsistencies. Mm. It does definitely feel like he was just, like, a flimsy arguer. (laughs) Now, in a surprise move, actually, Nick Loeb actually dropped his original lawsuit against Sophia in December 2016, which was about a year and a half after he initially lodged it. Now, this was fought in California, as we mentioned, which is a really important piece of the puzzle to keep in mind. Yeah, in an absolutely wild turn of events, the day after the Californian original lawsuit was dropped, a new lawsuit was filed against Sophia Vergara. This time, the plaintiff was not Nick Loeb, her ex-fiancé, This time the plaintiffs were the embryos themselves. Yes. Now, while the original lawsuit, as we said, took place in California, the new lawsuit was listed in Louisiana-based court documents. It's pretty important to note here that Louisiana was a pro-life state, which meant that under Louisiana law, a fertilized embryo is seen as a, and I quote, juridical person. Mm. As per the BBC... The embryos, named Emma and Isabella, are listed in Louisiana court documents obtained by the New York Post. The new lawsuit argues that the embryos are being deprived of their inheritance from a trust by not being born. The trust is reported to have been created for them in Louisiana, although the embryos are located in California. The suit asks for the embryos to be transferred to Mr. Loeb so they can be born and receive their inheritance. It's pretty wild. Essentially, what we can pretty safely assume, right, is that Nick sensed that his lawsuit in California wasn't going to get anywhere, so he dropped it and then filed a different lawsuit in a state that would be perhaps more sympathetic to his cause because they have a different perception of the rights of embryos. Yeah, well, they see embryos as juridical people, so mm. which, mm. as we know... Murky, murky terrain. Mm. Another point that Nick Loeb's team apparently raised in court documents also piqued our interest. This is according to page six. The new court papers insist that Vergara was adamant during her relationship with Loeb that, as a Catholic, she believed the embryos should never be destroyed. And she has since broken their oral agreement, according to sources. It's also kind of interesting because earlier she said, I don't want them destroyed. I'm happy for them to sit in a freezer indefinitely. Yeah. But he, his definition of them being destroyed is that. So yeah. it's like you can't just change how you define things. <laughs> like it like, doesn't make any sense. It's like he agreed to all these definitions and all these terms and then decided because it suited him that all had to be changed because he he changed his mind. He yes. woke up and felt differently. Yeah. Now we have to fast forward a little bit to Feb 2017 when Sophia decided to file a lawsuit of her own. Now keep in mind here, Sophia is continuing her work on Modern Family all throughout this litigation. And by 2017, the show was in its ninth season and still raking in millions of viewers per episode. So Sophia filed a lawsuit through the Californian court system that, if granted, would officially block Nick from ever using the frozen embryos they created together as a couple in 2013. Now, I guess you could argue this new lawsuit was Sophia's way of reinforcing the existing contract between herself and Nick. You'd be so fucking annoyed, right? Having had someone sue you not once, but twice, 
and then turn around and say, well, in order to stop this person from constantly pursuing me, Mm. I'm now going to have to launch my own lawsuit, to file my own lawsuit. Yeah, I would love to be in Sofia Vergara's mind throughout this time, fighting for years at this point to stop your ex-boyfriend having your children. It's such an unusual, bizarre hypothetical for her to wrangle with. I can't even imagine. I don't know if she actually thought this was ever going to get up. I imagine when she found out it was being pursued in Louisiana, that would have been incredibly anxiety inducing. I cannot fathom the literal terror. I don't think that's hyperbolic. The terror you might feel that your ex might end up finding a way to have your kids without your consent. absolutely terrifying, without a doubt. Now, at the same time, Sophia moved to have the Louisiana lawsuit moved from the state's court, as reported by the Daily Beast at the time. Vergara insisted that Loeb had picked Louisiana not because it was a proper venue for the case. Neither party lived in the state. The embryos weren't created there, nor are they stored there, and the contract wasn't signed there, but because it provided the best chance of a judgment in Loeb's favour. Sophia's motion to move the case stated, Mr. Loeb obviously set up this trust for the sole purpose of fabricating a scenario whereby alleged third parties could bring a suit against Miss Vergara in Louisiana, which by no coincidence is the only state that purportedly provides special rights to embryos. It's pretty wild to me that someone that doesn't live in a state doesn't have the embryos stored there, didn't create the embryos there, has no real connection to this state of Louisiana. It's just a random state. Can set up a trust there and therefore file a lawsuit like it's pretty wild it's stupid it is like that shouldn't be allowed i mean wild and stupid are two words to describe this whole thing and it's only going to get more wild and more stupid after the break Guys, as we so often see with celebrity litigation, these multiple court battles actually ended up revealing a lot about the machinations of Nick and Sophia's relationship. On March 21, 2017, Nick Loeb filed additional paperwork to support the embryo's lawsuit. In this paperwork, more was revealed about the tumultuous nature of his former relationship with Sophia Vergara. Yeah, now according to these documents, which were filed to ostensibly clarify the issues that led to the relationship's decline, Nick wrote a letter to Sophia while they were still together that said he wouldn't put up with Sophia speaking Spanish in front of him. Now, this letter was included in court documents and reportedly said, I like spending time with you out at night much more than any of my friends. What I do not like and what I will not put up with anymore is the Spanish. And no, I do not like hanging out with you when you speak in Spanish with others at the table or out with us. I may as well be alone. And for someone who cares so much what other people think, I am surprised you think this is okay. The letter went on. Not only is it rude and disrespectful, it is classless. And for you to then berate, embarrass and humiliate me in front of others when I ask you to stop is not happening anymore. You tell me, I need to remind you, and then I do, and you make fun of the situation. I should never have let it get this far, but I have some boundaries that I have let you cross, and this is one of them. It's not okay, you will not do this anymore, or I will just get up, leave, and go. Yikes. Yeah, the yikes was yours, by the way. Yes. (laughs) Not part of the quote. (laughs) Now, the absolutely crazy thing about this, just to remind you, is Nick Loeb submitted this letter himself. He submitted this himself. The only reason we know about it is because he made it part of the court filing. He saw it as evidence that he and Sophia's relationship was in decline. I guess in the process, though, exposed his own 
very obvious bigotry. What's his issue? That she's bilingual? Yeah, or like leaving him out of conversations. Sorry, if you love your partner and they have a native language that they find very comfortable to speak in in social scenarios, learn it. Yeah, that they grew learn up, it. That they grew up speaking for literal decades. Like, I can understand that if the tone of the conversation seemed like it was bitching about you while you're at the same table. I get that. But that's yeah. a very niche example. Maybe she's speaking to her, a sibling, a cousin, a loved one, whoever. Why is he so threatened? It's like he's so threatened by her. That's the thing. A secure person would say, cool. I want I want to know more about where you came from and your heritage and I'm going to take myself to Spanish lessons. That's what I would do. I'm downloading Duolingo. Yeah, and, 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 and joining Spanish. you on this journey. Yeah, and also the language of you will not do this anymore. Or, it's not, it makes me uncomfortable. Can we have a conversation? It's, I will tell you what to do and you'll do it. Yeah. Or else I'm leaving. Like, it's very threatening. So now we're fast-forwarding to August 2017. Up until this point, Nick, uh, Sophia and their respective lawyers were hashing it out in the courts to try and come to some conclusion in the two lawsuits. We had the one against Sophia from the embryos, Isabella and Emma. It's so so fucking ridiculous. And the one against Nick from Sophia. Huge mess, right? By August 26th, though, when a judge officially dismissed the lawsuit in which the embryos were the plaintiffs, so that was Nick's Louisiana lawsuit, saying, and I quote, that the Louisiana court had no jurisdiction over the embryos. Hallelujah. The Daily Mail reported at the time. The judge also said that Loeb most likely only filed in Louisiana because of the state's laws concerning unborn children. According to court documents, the judge referred to the embryos as citizens of California. Mm. It's probably time to note, and perhaps no surprise to anyone listening, that as all of this was making its way through the media, Nick Loeb became some kind of icon to anti-abortion and pro-life groups. As per Slate, over the past couple of years, the Vergara Loeb embryo battle has become a proxy fight for anti-abortion advocates who think frozen embryos should be treated like people. Social media graphics from these advocates say things like, Sophia says it's selfish to let the embryos be born without parents being in a loving relationship. Shouldn't both parents just love the child? And please pray for Sophia Vergara and those she called her frozen babies, that she'd open her heart so they could be a blessing in her life one paired a picture of nick Loeb's face with the question what about a father's right to choose so you would think with this louisiana court case dismissed that it would be over who could be fucked right mm. who could be fucked pursuing this and spending the money. Nick Loeb Nip, could be fucked. Nick Loeb. In January 2018, Nick Loeb filed another lawsuit in Louisiana after the first one was thrown out. To be clear, this is his second Louisiana lawsuit. This time, Nick tried to file his lawsuit under the guise of the Uniform Child Custody Jurisdiction Act, which in really simplified terms, sounds very much to me that he was trying to basically apply child custody law to embryos. Because again, as we know, Louisiana does consider embryos as a juridical person. So he's saying, okay, well, what if I apply child custody laws to these embryos if you consider them like me? But we've person? already found the embryos are citizens of California, <laughs> yeah, Nick. Like, yeah. It's not even funny because it's terrifying. No, 100%. There is, there's, I think when there is those sort of laughs that come out, none of it is funny. It is so deeply shocking. 
yes. to me that I have no other knee-jerk reaction to think, how does this happen? This is beyond an obsession at this point. Yeah. Like, what is with the obsession? This is his third lawsuit, keep in mind. In all this time, make embryos with another woman. Who consents? Well, by this point, no eggs. woman probably wanted to go near him. <sighs> Naturally, Sophia requested that this second lawsuit also be thrown out. Yeah. I mean, the embryos aren't alive, so why would we be treating them under child custody law? And they're not citizens of Louisiana, as no. the other lawsuit found. <laughs> exactly. Now, in an almost unfathomable turn of events, on July 3, 2018, Nick Loeb revealed that he had written and would be starring in, funding and directing an anti-abortion feature film titled Roe vs. Wade. The movie was set to detail the events that led up to the historic 1973 Roe vs. Wade ruling in the US, but, of course, from an anti-abortion perspective. Yeah. In an exclusive with The Hollywood Reporter, Nick explained that several cast and crew members did quit after learning about the film's pro-life ethos. As the article read, as Nick Loeb walked to his car with a production assistant during a day of shooting his upcoming feature film, Roe v. Wade, outside Tulane University last week, a woman wearing a headset approached and asked, are you the director? When I told her I was, she told me to go fuck myself, Loeb recalls. Then she threw her headset on the ground and walked off. I found out later she was our electrician. <laughs> now, in this feature for The Hollywood Reporter, Nick explicitly stated that he took inspiration for his film from his experience with Sophia and the embryos. He said, I have my own pro-life issue going on with my fight over embryos, but no one has really told the whole truth about Roe v. Wade in a film. When I delved into this, I discovered conspiracy theories fake news, made-up statistics, and a whole lot of people involved who switched their positions from pro-choice to pro-life. Nick also added that he and the crew had to film the movie under a fake name to avoid controversy after at least three locations denied them access to film once they learned the film's content. In October of that year, TMZ ran a report that claimed Nick Loeb was renting a property in Louisiana as a front so that he could continue to pursue legal action against Sophia in the state as well. The report noted that Nick Loeb had actually fathered a daughter, as in this time a human baby, not an embryo. He had a fully fleshed baby in October 2017, which you would assume fulfilled his long-held desire to be a father, which had always been reported as the driving force behind him pursuing Sofia Vergara. It had been his own words. Yes. Yeah, if you go back and read that New York Times piece again. In December that same year, Sophia filed legal documents that requested Nick to prove he really was a resident in Louisiana and alleged that Nick had already refused to cooperate with her lawyer's previous requests for the documentation to prove his residency in Louisiana, like grocery store bills or local bank information. Wonder why he wasn't going to give up that documentation. <laughs> oh, God. Five literal years since the first lawsuit was filed against Sofia Vergara, Page Six ran a report on October 22, 2019, that marked a pretty big win for her. The second Louisiana-based embryo lawsuit filed by Nick Loeb was again thrown out by a judge after being, and I quote, bounced to various Louisiana courts. According to the court papers, Nick was unable to prove that he ever lived in Louisiana <laughs> oh at all. Shock. The judge said, Loeb testified that he did not spend one night at his Louisiana apartment. He has never voted in Louisiana. He does not know any of his neighbours. Loeb arrived in Louisiana the day before the deposition, travelling from New York. I don't want to advise Nick Loeb. I don't like Nick Loeb. But surely if you're really trying, like he's put a lot of effort, a lot of money. Just into move this there. 
What? You clearly you, you care. You can't even spend a week there. This is like trying everything until the last, like the easiest thing is to go spend a weekend in Louisiana and learn your neighbor's name that's Margaret or yeah, something. I know. You couldn't even do that. Yeah, but I think that's also ego, isn't it? <laughs> to think that you can do all this and it will everything will come off for you. I'll throw money at it because I've always thrown money at things. Yeah, as annoyingly persistent as ever, Nick Loeb told Page Six by his lawyer at the time, we will be appealing the court's decision. The embryos are human beings with every right to their lives and every right to be born. You may not be shocked, but you certainly will be tired to hear he did appeal this. Yeah. In January 2021, though, nearly six years since the first lawsuit was filed and about eight years since the embryos were created, Nick Loeb lost that appeal. As per page six, an appeals court has ruled that Nick Loeb's case should be tossed out and that it made a mockery of the Louisiana legal system. The court also slammed Loeb's filing in Louisiana as abhorrent and ruled that all documents in the case be unsealed. With this ruling, there was just that one final lawsuit pending. It was the lawsuit filed by Sophia and her legal team, which sought, and I quote, a permanent injunction to prevent Mr. Loeb from bringing the pre-embryos to term without her express written consent. And in March 2021, page six ran a report with the headline, the battle for Sophia Vergara and Nick Loeb's embryos may finally be over. The report included the news that Sophia had officially been granted the permanent injunction against Nick, which would permanently prevent him from using the embryos without her written consent as per the judge in this case. Mm, true to his relentless form, Nick Loeb appealed that ruling, but ultimately lost that appeal in April 2021. This is from page six again. In a statement, Nick Loeb blasted the judge as being clearly influenced by Hollywood, then plugged his own <laughs> new movie. He said via a rep, the judge was clearly influenced by Hollywood, which is a pattern I expose in my upcoming film, Roe v. Wade on April 2nd. <laughs> <laughs> what this the fuck? man beyond as this guy? jezebel reported in their wrap-up of the six-year-long legal battle in a piece titled sophia vergara's ex sucks a lot they wrote <laughs> good riddance to this man <laughs> oh my god and that's the epic embryo legal battle over it makes me incredibly sad to go back through that. Mm. I can't imagine how traumatic that would be. I know we've said that across the last two episodes. To be Sophia Vergara and have a really dogged ex trying to force you to, you know, have your embryos be born. It is just so mind-bogglingly outrageous. I'm scared. It makes me want to, number one, hug Sophia Vergara, sit her down in a very nice cushiony place and make her like a cup of tea and sit her in front of the TV. This would be the most stressful thing ever. She deserves a lifetime of just relaxation and luxury. Yeah, that and it also makes you think a lot about reproductive rights yes. and it makes you think a lot about abortion in the States and where it sits at the moment. It is a pretty scary time, particularly when you detail the arguments that were used against Sofia Vergara. And it is so lucky and so wonderful that she won, but it's pretty sobering. Mm, I can't believe it got that far. Yeah. I cannot believe there were so many avenues given to this man, all failed, thank God, but so many avenues that he could kind of destroy her life for six years. Yeah. Like surely there's a way that we can say to some people, you're a bit silly. Enough. Like you Enough. don't, you're wasting people's time. 
Now let's talk about what Sophia has done since the more important stuff, her career and her personal life, the happy stuff. Modern Family, of course, wrapped in 2019. You only need to search the hashtag Modern Family on TikTok to get an idea of the show's lasting cultural impact and relevancy. It is still louder today as one of the cultural turning points for popular acceptance of same-sex couples. Yeah, the Washington Post has actually credited the show with changing television. Writer Andrew Hare was quoted in one piece in the Washington Post saying, Modern Family, a show that is about as mainstream as you you can get and was watched by millions of people every week. I think it was really making LGBT people, same-sex households, appear as normal and ridiculous or as boring and noble and ordinary as everyone else. And I think the effect of that in ideological terms is very profound over the decades. It was also just a very bloody funny show. I mean, so I know good. I know the first three seasons will always be lauded as some of the best and that it's sort of never got back to its mm. solid roots but even in the last few weeks researching this my sister and I have been sending each other modern family videos because they have been cracking me up they are so funny <laughs> by the end of 2020 Forbes named Sofia Vergara as the highest paid actress in the world and reported that she earned $500,000 per modern family episode <laughs> during its final season <laughs> According to the publication, Sophia earned $43 million in 2020. Not bad. As of last year, the now 50-year-old Sophia wrapped up a two-year stint as a beloved judge on America's Got Talent. She did that alongside Simon Cowell. She's currently filming a drama series based on the life of notorious drug cartel leader Griselda Blanco. The series has no release date as of yet, but it is being produced by Netflix and it looks like it'll be a big one. Yeah, she is also still happy married to Joe Mangianello and in case you were wondering Nick Loeb's film Roe v Wade was a flop <laughs> as per Variety. <laughs> the film's revisionist telling amounts to a sometimes sexist smear campaign executed with roughly the competence of a cheaply assembled infomercial <laughs> as it exploits religious guilt to disgrace a legal medical procedure. It comes as no surprise to anyone I bet that Roe v Wade is the last film that Nick Loeb has been involved in. <laughs> As Jezebel said, good riddance to this man. Good riddance to this man. I wish we could call the series that, but no one would know what the hell yeah, we're 100%. Look, a big thank you as always to our researcher, Eilish Gilligan, who did such an amazing job on this one. Mm. So you can imagine, not a particularly easy one to put together. Lots going oh, on, but I have enjoyed, as strange as that may sound, talking about this, though, and revisiting it, because I, I do think it's a story not a lot of people know about mm. and it's scary shit it's scary shit thank you everyone for listening we are so grateful check out our social media pages as always to look at some throwback galleries and some additional content that is coupled with this episode and also keep your ears peeled for thursday when we'll have a brand new episode for you yeah see you then bye Shameless Media. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.